Hi friends, this is Connie Alpers and I want to welcome you back to Equipped to Be, where I get to help you embrace and navigate the seasons of life so you can reach your personal family and parenting goals. We at Equipped to Be want you to understand how God has given you unique gifts, strengths, and talents so that you can live in all seasons with confidence and joy. Whether you're cooking dinner, holding laundry, or maybe just enjoying some time alone. I hope you enjoy this episode of Equipped to Be. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Equipped to Be. Now, I gave you a teaser a few weeks ago. I said I was going to be having someone on the podcast that I think you're really going to love. Well, this is that time. And it is true. I have Crystal Payne, who is the money-saving mom on the podcast today. And we're going to be talking to her because not only is she wildly popular um, and a major influencer on social media, she's got a brand new book coming out. And you know, I am certain this is going to be like her other books that she's got out, a bestseller. It is such a phenomenal book. It's called Love-Centered Parenting. And we're going to be talking all things Crystal, uh, the book, what God's doing in her life, and why she wrote this specific book. So Crystal, welcome to the Equipped to Be podcast. Thank you so much for having me on. It's an honor to be here. The book is releasing, and I have seen all the hubbub on social media. People are loving it. That has to be quite humbling, doesn't it? It is very humbling. I never thought I was going to write another book, and it's been since 2015 was when my last book came out. And so it's just, it's weird to be at this place again, and especially with a book that's very different, a big departure from what I've written before, which was very practical. This one is very personal. And so I think it's this kind of raw, you know, I'm putting my heart out there to the world and opening up about some things that I've never talked about online and to have people be so touched and encouraged and, you know, just talking to me about what they're changing in their life as a result of it. It's very humbling. Wow. Well, would you tell our audience, I'm sure most folks have heard of you. Um, You have been uh, working in the online space for a very long time, but would you tell my listeners a little bit more about you and your family and what you do? Yeah. So I always joke that I'm the grandma blogger because I started blogging back whenever most people didn't even know what a blog was. It was 2004 um, when I really kind of started writing words and putting them online. And then, so my husband was in law school. We have um, been married for 18 years and I was writing about um, lots of different things, but discovered that people love the topic of saving money. And it was something that I'd had a lot of experience with. And so in 2007, we started moneysavingmom.com thinking it was going to be this little side thing that I did. And it ended up turning into our full-time gig. My husband came home uh, from, it quit his law firm and uh, we've actually moved to the Nashville, Tennessee area from Kansas. And we have four biological kids. They are 16, 13, 11, and 10 months. And then we're also foster parents. And we just got a brand new placement. And um, he is seven months old and has Down syndrome and cleft palate, cleft lip, feeding tube, and was born prematurely. And I am learning all sorts of things. I'm getting just in the last 48 hours, I have gotten a crash course in all sorts of words and terminologies that I didn't even know existed. You <laughs> so. know, it's amazing when I hear you say that because I've watched a little bit and in my mind, I'm going, I I think I would lose my mind. Um, 
I don't know that I could juggle all of that because I know what a book launch is like and it's it's pretty intense. You have all these interviews and and all of that, but you know, there's something that I have loved in watching your story. And that has been you kind of touched on it with your first statement about this particular book. How the other one was saving money. Everybody, I mean, we all want to save money. We all want to, you know, especially now gas prices and rising and everything's changing. I don't think that topic is ever going to go out of vogue, but you turned a a page, uh, a a part of you that you really have kept private for a long time. And you share in this brand new book that releases uh, on March 16th, you kind of pulled back the curtain. And, you know, I know a lot of women look at you, it's kind of, she's, she's like, Oz, it's so mysterious. She has all this. You're like the um, definition of, of success. You've got this and this and this and this and this. But you pull the curtain back. And as I was reading, I found myself so moved. And at the same time, I thought, that's very unusual in this day and age for us to be so transparent. So as I've watched you change, can you talk just for a little bit, like a minute or so, how have you changed over the last few years? Not not the story in the book, but just as a woman. You know, that's a that's an interesting question because I don't even recognize the person that I am now as the same person that I was five years ago. And it really had to do with, I started so we were, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day and I actually hadn't put the pieces together and I've actually not shared this online um, anywhere. But when we moved and my last, then my last book came out, we moved in 2014. My last book came out in 2015 and um, I was just at the end of just like done with working and just launching stuff and just done with this online business thing. Cause I was just so tired. And that in 2015, I'd had a lot of success. There had been uh, financially, the business was doing really well. I had this new book that was out and I was getting a lot of opportunities for speaking and media and kind of had what people would be like, you know, you've arrived, like you are where we all want to be or something, but I wasn't, there wasn't joy. Like I wasn't fulfilled. And I remember sitting down with another online influencer. He had come into town and he wanted to take me out for coffee. And he asked me, what are you excited about right now? And I was so taken back by that question and I had nothing to answer him. And that really kind of set me on this journey of something needs to change. And so I haven't heard any of this on any other podcast. Here we go. But um, it was just interesting because I know, so at the end of 2015, I said, I'm, something's got to change in 2016. And so I decided, I declared it my year of rest. And so I said no to basically everything. And a lot of people would say that is the most ridiculous thing. Like you should never do that where you are in your business. That's going to just tank your business and that. But I was like, you know what? I really don't care at this point because what is the point of me doing stuff online and having a business if I'm just exhausted and tired and I don't have anything left for my family or my community? So anyway, this is longer than one minute, but I um, was on this journey of just kind of, I feel like it was just unpeeling a lot of layers of myself and I'm learning a lot. And from that year, when it took me a long time to get to the place where all of the yeses that I had said in 2015 were fulfilled, and I finally had just been saying no for a number of months. And I remember it was about April of 2016, and I finally felt like, 
I can breathe again. And I started to say, okay, you know, what is God actually calling me to? What am I really passionate about? What is he asking me to say yes to? What does this actually look like? Now that I've said all these no's, what, what is he calling me to say yes to? And I just kind of sat with that for a few months, but I, then I really felt this pull in my heart toward local community because I'd spent so much time in the online space that my community really was online. And I was traveling so much that I didn't get to go to church or be involved in a lot of local things very often. You know, it might be like two weekends a month, I'm out of town. And so I'm not going to church. And so I just felt this pull to step back into local community. And so I signed up for this discipleship program at our church. I really didn't want to, but I just felt like God was saying, you need to do this. And that radically changed my life. It was really, it was there that I started to understand the gospel and what it actually means. And that I was realized that no wonder I was so exhausted. I was trying so hard to be this good Christian woman. And I had put so much on myself of who I thought I was supposed to be. And I was doing it in my own strength and instead of relying upon the Lord. And so really there was a lot of hard work that happened in that year of being in that discipleship program. But I, you know, what has changed in my heart is a, is a big result of that, that year of rest and then saying yes to community and stepping into really vulnerable places and being willing to um, do what our pastor calls the good hard work of, you know, being like just being honest and showing up in community and saying, I'm really struggling with this. And um, I, so I feel like that's kind of the trajectory that then um, it was around that time that kind of everything that happened that I talked that I opened up the book with where I hit rock bottom and my child hit rock bottom. It all happened right around that same time. And God was just, it was a really hard year and really hard season. But I look back and see how I wouldn't trade it for the world because God changed my heart so much in it. Oh, I love that. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I, I, I There was something you said that really resonated with me. And it's partly because in my life, I've done something similar where I've stepped back. You know, I just, you hit a point where you step back. And there was something, listeners, I really want you to hear what Crystal shared because it's such sage advice. When you are listening to what's going on in your heart and you're, you're, you're knowing something just isn't right, you cannot operate in a place of fear, like, oh, I might, my business might suffer or this might suffer. If, if you have to pull back God's not going to give you a second best. You know, he doesn't pull you off the course for a minute and say, sit and rest like Crystal was describing, and then say, okay, now you have to go back to the starting line again. No, he, that's just not the way he is. He's doing that by design. And as women, we're often fed. I think in period, we're fed that you, know, you can't get off the hamster wheel. You can't get off. But if you trust the Lord and you let him work in you, then you become a transformed person. And that's kind of what I heard you say. You're not, you don't even recognize a person that you are now, but that's prepared you for where you are now. I mean, that situation. So that makes me want to ask you about the book. Uh, you know, uh, we were together, gosh, it was before the world changed at a conference and you had just told me you were going to write this book. And I was so excited for you. And then to see it come to where it's come and to read the pages, I, I, was, I was just blown away. So as we pivot to that in the next part of our segment here, it took a lot of courage, I believe, for you to speak about 
a situation in your family's life, for you to unpack that for millions of people. I mean, honestly, I have no idea how many people are going to read this book, but I believe it's not going to be a few. It's, I believe it's going to be many. The courage that it took for you to peel back, what initially made you say, I'm going to go there? I remember, so I, I started the book, really my heart with this book is I wanted to lower the stage right away. When I go and speak somewhere, I always want people to not put me up on a pedestal because I I, I can't stay up on a pedestal. I'm going to disappoint people. So I might as well just take myself down right away. Um, and so that was really my heart with this book. And so to start out with walking into the emergency room and saying my child's suicidal, I wanted moms to know that I am not speaking from a place of, I've got this all figured out. I'm speaking from a place of brokenness. And I remember when I was in that season where my child was just really spun out and they had really hit rock bottom. And I was so feeling so helpless and so hopeless and just carrying on this heaviness with me that I don't know what to do. This is way too big for me. And this is scary and this is overwhelming. And there's no book that just tells me, okay, just do this and then do this and then do this. And it's going to all get fixed. We were trying to find that manual. (laughs) That's right. And I remember thinking someday I'm going to write something for the mom of that kid because my child was the one who was the bully. My child was the one who was asked to not come back to school and was denied re-enrollment. And my child was the one that the parents were going to the principal about. And I thought it's a really humbling and hard place to be the mom of that kid. And I thought, I know there's other moms out there who feel so lonely because there was a lot of loneliness in that space. There's thought someday I want to write something for that mom, but it wasn't the time I had to process through it. It also wasn't the time because I needed to protect my child's, you know, their privacy and respect them. And I just felt like I needed to let God kind of move in this, but someday it was going to happen. And so that's really why I wrote this book was not only to encourage moms, no matter, you know, maybe you have wonderful kids and hopefully, and not, I mean, hopefully the book will still be an encouragement to you, but for the mom who's feeling like I'm the only one, you're not. And I just want moms to know that you're not alone and that there is hope and that you can parent out of a place of rest and freedom and joy instead of shame and guilt and stress. And it's not dependent upon your child's choices or their behaviors. You know, several times you've mentioned that your book isn't a a quick fix, simple steps, an easy formula, a clear strategy. You know, I... (laughs) I think I heard you say once, um, maybe it was on one of your Instagram stories, uh, that that's just not what this book is. And I I just had to laugh out loud because I thought those are the books that I always, there's not, there's not a formula. It's, it's, you can't master, I don't mean this bad, you can't master motherhood because it's a moving target. Just when you think you've arrived, you know, your kid does something and you're like, well, I failed at that. Um, But that's not really the goal anyway, which makes me go, as you were walking through this, and I I don't want you to share too much, uh, only what you're comfortable with, because friends, um, buy the book, order the book, get a copy of the book, get several. Uh, You know, this would even be a great Mother's Day present for some of your friends. And the reason I say that is it's going to give you a sense of, like Crystal said, that you're not alone. 
And even if you have a child who is like compliant and a people pleaser and they fit your personality type just right and you've got this sweet, wonderful time, it can change on a dime. It can change. Your child can get caught up into something or something can happen to you. It can just change. Uh, but this book isn't just for somebody who's going through a hard season. This uh, love-centered parenting is all about a mindset. So Crystal, you know, here you're an online influencer. You have all these things going on and you care about your child. And at the same time, you also had friends that were not kind of, not really coming up to you and, and wrapping their arms around you, but more shunning you. How do you, how do you deal with that? How do you process that? What do you recommend for other moms? Maybe what worked for you? You know, it is, it's a lonely space and I think it's hard because as parents, we want, we want our kids to be surrounded by good influences, you know, yeah. I mean, we, we, we don't want them to be the friend of the bully, like <laughs> that's going to rub <laughs> off on them. Um, and so I think that for me walking through this, having to just really, one of the things I talk about in the book is parenting for, I was parenting for my reputation and God took that away from me because then when other parents are saying things and you, you know, they, they don't think highly of you at all as a parent, it's very obvious. And so you, it's God's just like pulling that away to say, I want you to parent for relationship with your kids. That's what's most important. Um, but also to recognize, you know, I know that we all are trying to do the best that we can as parents. And so I'm not going to be frustrated or hurt or upset by other parents. Like that's my choice. It's my choice to be hurt by someone. So I can choose to say, you know what, that might've not been the best approach or there might've been a better approach in some of the situations, but I am not going to live as a victim because I look back and I see how God used this in such a great way. And I'm so glad that parents came forward and said stuff because if they hadn't, I wouldn't have known because my child was really good at covering it up and acting like everything was okay um, at home. And so I wouldn't have known. So I'm really grateful. And so I think I can look and I can see that I know that the heart behind why parents did what they did, their heart was in a good place. And I feel like for the most part, it was walked out well. And still, you know, there were things that were said that could have been hurtful that were hurtful, but I get to choose what I do with that hurt, whether I just sit there and like lick my wounds and feel sorry for myself <laughs> or whether I say, you know what? thank you, God, for allowing this. And what can I learn from this? And that's really for me, it was like, I can't control other people's choices or behaviors, but I can change and I can focus on myself. And so that's really what I sought to do. And that's really my heart behind this book of that, you know, we cannot micromanage our kids. We cannot micromanage other people. We cannot micromanage our relationships. We're going to be exhausted and stressed all the time if we're just trying to control everything. But we can focus on, God, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to change? How would, how would you want me to approach this differently? What can I learn from this? Mm. Those are such good things uh, to focus on. And I know a big part of what you talk about is the relationship. Having a relationship with your children and having open communication with your children, has that, because of what you have walked through and all that you're learning as a mom and as you've grown as a woman and changed and God's revealed certain things to you, have you gotten a sharper focus on 
your desire and how to build relationships, you know, with each of your very different children. Because, you know, I haven't met a mom when I ask them, you know, if they have more than one kid, are they different? I haven't met a mom said, nope, they're all just alike. And usually they're not just like us. Uh, has that helped you as as you've learned from, you know, just mothering for all the years that you've mothered? Do you have a 16-year-old that you can't treat them all the same or speak to them all the same? Uh, not if you want to have an outcome of a close relationship. Yes. And I think one of the most beautiful things we can do as moms is to become students of our kids and to really pay attention to what they pay attention to and be interested in what they're interested in and to really learn what speaks love to them and how do we show up in their world? Because I think it's so, so just kind of common for us to want them to come step in our world. You know, like I'm going to go run an errand or I'm going to cook something or I'm going to do something, you know, come, come be with me. And there's nothing wrong with that. But so often I talk to moms who say, I just, I can't connect with my child. And I just, you know, my 14-year-old boy, I just can't figure out how to connect with them. I always will say to them, well, what do they love? What does your child love? And and so often, you know, if it's a 14-year-old boy, it's like, well, he likes video games. I can't even, you know, figure out what is going on there. And, you know, and I'm like, well, just try. You, you probably won't be good at it. It probably won't make sense. But I think it will mean a lot to your child for you to just step into their world and say, tell me what's going on. Can you explain that to me? You know, okay, why did you do that? And you can learn so much from them and it's communicating to them. I care about you. And if you think about people in your life who you feel like they really care about you, it's because they are showing up and stepping in and asking questions and caring about what you care about. And that makes you feel loved. And so um, I just encourage moms it, even if you feel like your child is so different than you, I, you know, my kids, like you said, they're all so different and I learned so much from them and you don't have to become, you know, a really great video gamer or, you know, like I have one daughter who she loves shopping and beauty and creating. And I'm, I just, I'm like, you know, not into going to the mall, but that's one of her favorite places to go to. And so stepping into the, her world by saying, we're going to go to the mall. Now I can only last for about four or five hours there. And then, and she's just, I feel like she could just be there for four or five days, you know, but to say, let's go to the mall. And that was in fact, for Christmas, we gave um, that daughter, we gave her a shopping spree with mom at the mall. And she was just like, it was the best gift ever. And um, she'll remember that forever. Mom, remember that year? I know she's probably going to want it every year. I'm just going to say, but, but just showing up into their world and speaking love to them, even if it's, it's, it feels very outside of your comfort zone or very different than them, just allowing them to teach you and for you to learn from them. It makes such a big difference. So I have two questions left. Uh, we only have a couple minutes. What is God teaching you now? I mean, besides surviving this season, like getting through all this with the book launch and children, but your kids are getting older. Uh, God has changed you. Your marriage has probably strengthened and grown in the midst of all of this because they usually do. What is, what's God teaching Crystal right now? You know, it's interesting because writing this book on parenting, um, I knew that there were going to be a lot of challenges because every time when you write on something, you get tested on it. And so there have definitely been that. And I feel like just walking with my teens through, you know, as they're getting older, they're 16 and 13, both in high school, and they are just experiencing a lot of new things. And um, in fact, just this past week, my one daughter is in Florida and my other daughter just got back from another school trip. She was another part of Florida that they were, and just the letting go piece 
of that as a mom, I'm just, I feel like walking through that even more so now with my 16 year old is getting, she's supposed to be getting her driver's license next week. And there's just a lot of letting go of, um, you know, and just saying, okay, God, I cannot bubble wrap and micromanage and overprotect these kids. I have to let, give them to you. And I feel like foster care for me has really been teaching me that because there's so much that is out of my hands and there's so many decisions that I can't make. Like that's not my decision to make. I have no control over what happens, but yet it makes me realize I think I have control over a lot of things in my life when really I don't. And so I feel like that that's something that God has been really teaching me of what does it look like to walk with my kids as they get older and to really have open hands and to let them make mistakes, to let them make choices that aren't necessarily choices that I would make and to love them in the middle of that and to walk with them and have conversations with them, but to not try to control them because I keep telling my 16 year old, you know, in a few more years, I'm not going to be here to make these decisions for you. So I don't, I want to start really making sure that I'm letting go now and letting you, you know, let's talk about it. But then I want you to make that decision and you talk to the Lord about that and you make a decision and it might be different than I would make, but that's okay because that's part of learning to become an adult. Oh, so right. You've got a chapter actually on that. And I think that's a a really good chapter. Yeah, it is hard. You know, normally when we see like I have, you know, I've only got two years left. A lot of times what we end up doing is going, oh, I got to hold the reins tighter. I got all this stuff I got to cram in their head because I, there's still gaps. There's still gaps. And uh, there are going to be gaps. You know, there, there are, we had gaps, right? There's still things that we're learning. And, you know, you and I are in different seasons, but God's constantly chipping away, polishing, refining, and making us ever more like Him. My last question, I know you like to read. You often mention this, and your listeners will will question you on this. Tell our listeners, like, how many books, because this is a staggering amount to me, how many books do you read on average, say weekly, or how do you break it out, weekly, yearly? What's your average weekly consumption of books? Well, it depends upon whether I'm in the middle of book launch or just <laughs> okay, baby, that's fair. or Disclaimer. A baby another new form with foster care. So, you know, um, but I would say normal, but I don't know that there's a normal, but yes, uh, you know, <laughs> my goal for uh, 2021 was to read three, three books a week. I am not quite on that goal, but I'm hoping that once like I knew that the six weeks around book launch were going to be, um, I wasn't going to be hitting that goal. And so, um, that's okay. But I usually, I try to be reading one that's, um, nonfiction and one that's fiction and one that's audiobook. And so I have one that's a spiritually encouraging book and then something that's more of just like a fun, great read. I like to read a lot of different types of books because I want to become a better writer. And so I think immersing myself in good writing and different types of writing helps you improve as a writer. And then an audiobook is sometimes it will be one that's more of a nonfiction, but typically I do um, fiction for audiobooks and um I am right now I'm listening to Before I Called You Mine and it's by a new author to me and um, it's the audiobook and I'm just loving it. It's so good. Okay. Before I Called You Mine. All right. I'm going to write that down. I'll put that in the show notes, folks. 
Crystal, we are out of time. I feel like we could have spent so much time on like, how do you manage business and how all that, because you're very generous. You're, uh, people don't really know this. They see, you know, that you're the money saving mom and all that, but you're also very generous in helping. Like I, I always say, extending the hand out to others where we're in, you know, an industry that sometimes can, people can feel like, oh, I got to keep all the, I got to keep all my pieces of the pie. And you're, you're, you're not like that. You're very generous. Um, you're a giver, you know, a generous giver. And I love that about you. People look to you all over all the social platforms and friends. I'll have all Crystal's links in the show notes, as well as you can get uh, Love Centered Parenting. Uh, it is out on the shelves and you won't want to miss it. Uh, you can get it probably Crystal's that sold wherever books are sold. I mean, any bookstore and stuff. It should be. I'm still trying to figure out the international thing, um, where all people could get it there. But locally, domestically, yes, it should should be available wherever books are sold. So friends, get that. Get a copy. Uh, get an extra copy. Get it for a friend. Do it together. Talk about it. Do what Crystal said in the very beginning of the episode. She got involved in community, just locals. Uh, find some friends that you can be real and vulnerable and transparent with. Because to be honest with you, those are the people that really help us get through the hard stuff. So uh, you can find Crystal all over. Uh, she's got goodbye to uh, say goodbye to survival mode, uh, choose love journal, the choose gratitude journal, the money making mom and the 21 days to more disciplined life. There's lots of things you can find for Crystal. I encourage you to pop over and she also has a podcast. Uh, Crystal Payne Show. Uh, check that out as well. But Crystal, listen, I, I am so glad. Thank you in the middle of all that's going on that you were able to come and join us here at equipped to be I know that the listeners are so grateful that you were open and real, uh, transparent, and uh, I just appreciate you. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. It's a, it's a, a gift, and I appreciate you sharing part of your platform generously with me. Oh, absolutely. Well, folks, that wraps up today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, I'll see you next week. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.